0: I'm Amelia.
1: Hi, I'm David.
0: And this is The Thought Experiment. So today we're going to be talking about consciousness a little bit. Um, So first I want to ask just um, intuitively, what do you think of when you think of consciousness?
1: I think of choice. I think of getting sensations. I think of being aware. Mm -hmm. I think of having, like, a life story behind you. But, like, being in the present, like, that's what consciousness is. But there's some awareness of being in something else. Mm -hmm. Story, time,
0: place. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a a pretty similar intuitive definition to what a lot of people have. And, like, the problem of defining consciousness, I think, is a— Sort of foundational problem if you actually want to study it, and the the short answer to like you know spoil a little bit is we don't have a good one. Um, there are a lot of different attempts at it, um, but I think so. One argument is given by Cyril, and I'll, I'll link the paper. We'll probably be discussing this paper a bit, um, but the was arguments it, was this
1: guy a linguist? A linguist or I
0: think he was more of a philosopher.
1: Okay. Yeah, cuz I've only seen him in the with that Chinese room argument against like computers being he, able to he, understand like humans. Do.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah, he has time. some stuff. He has some stuff. I okay. mean, he's more he's he's like a philosopher who deals with mind body problem, I believe. Um And
1: he's like mid 20th century or something. I don't know. I Think a little later. Okay.
0: Um like the Not paper so. the paper I'm doing is from the year 2000, so Oh, okay. <laughs> um,
1: Let me do a quick Google. Then. But yeah. okay, please continue on yeah. Searle's, uh,
0: yeah. He he. Okay. He has some other takes that I don't think are that great. But um, one thing he's talking about in the conscious of, context of actually studying consciousness, I'm getting to. Wait, what did we find? Uh
1: born 1932. But okay. he's still, 91. Still writing
0: papers. Still kicking. 2000. So
1: in Denver, that high altitude must be good for him. <laughs> okay. Um,
0: yeah. Anyway, I, so his his <laughs> his argument here is that like he's kind of implying we don't necessarily need to have. An amazing, like operationalized definition, but instead there is a phenomenon there that we know is a phenomenon, and therefore should just study. Like the actual specifics, under specific understanding, specific definition might come later, but the phenomenon is itself worth studying just as a phenomenon. In kind of the terms you just gave, this like awareness.
1: So he, that's an argument for if someone was going like, "Wow, you can't even define consciousness. How dare you study it?"
0: Well, I think also because to, I would to, agree to that of be, course we should study. That. To not be hung up on definitions. I mean, if you if you look at a lot of, like, empirical yeah. research, you want to have operational definitions first. Like, to know what it is that you're actually studying. Yeah. And his argument is basically, like, or, I mean, this isn't the entirety of it, but, like, the, the claim made is just, like, let's just study it, though. Like, yeah, it's just I agree. this thing. Um I Yeah, I don't think that there's a really good actual definition to give. There are some arguments about, like, how do you separate out, like, Attention from the awareness itself. Um, what is the relationship between those two things? Is self-awareness a component? Do you have to have that meta-level of like analyzing your own perceptive experience, or is the perceptive experience itself part of the consciousness? And like these are just sort of. I think big it's kind of fair that it's at. hard, is it's like yeah.
1: probably the Assuming it's some evolved thing, it's mm-hmm. probably the most complicated thing that's ever been like evolved. <laughs> like that's why humans <laughs>
0: Well, one of the questions is, is which component can we reasonably say has evolved? Because, um, this goes with a, like, the... Yeah,
1: this is something I don't know if, if that's what neuroscientists think, is that there's, like, some kind of point in evolution where it's like... Well,
0: this isn't a neuroscience question. I think it's actually a philosophy question, okay. because, um...
1: Yeah, it's a, yeah. <laughs> So
0: there's, there's this concept that's often given, uh, so... Of of the sort of zombie equivalent of you. There could be somebody who acts the exact same way you act, speaks the same way, does everything, but there's nothing actually happening in in the head. Like, there's no actual consciousness. What?
1: No, it's just funny to think about that.
0: Why? <laughs>
1: well, because uh, I was going to say, like, oh, it sounds like a good guy until you said that there's nothing happening in their head. Yeah, like a ro- – I get what you're saying. A robot yeah, yeah, yeah. program. But, like,
0: Not just Like literally just you but without the consciousness component of it. And such a thing might not actually be possible. But when we come Mm. to like the question of like an evolutionary argument, evolutionary pressure can only care about the input and output, right? Like about your behavior in response to stimuli um, or stimuli. You got mad at me last time. Um, What do you –
1: well, finish your argument but then I might ask a little bit about that because that that seems like there's a lot there of what evolution can affect what it can affect. Well,
0: evolutionary pressure is based on your behavior, Like, we we agree on that?
1: Yeah, like the ultimate outcome is you die and you don't reproduce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And so if a change doesn't affect behavior at all, it seems hard to say that evolution can have selected for it. And since consciousness need not necessarily affect your behavior, there is a theoretical possibility, one could say, of like a being which operates just as you but doesn't have that consciousness component. I don't know that we can fairly say that consciousness is itself evolved.
1: Okay. Well, I thought that the reason humans achieved, like, supremacy over everything else is because we had consciousness.
0: But, I mean, how can you fairly say that? Or some
1: kind of intelligence thing.
0: I mean, it's because we can act the way we act, right? Yeah. Not necessarily because of what's specifically happening in your brain. You can, like, it seems to at least be presupposing some things.
1: I guess what I mean is, like, the capabilities of consciousness are what... Would like, yeah the
0: things that we ascribe? Like, wait, let's just to. start
1: from like we have advanced brains. That's the most likely reason why we like we're able to take a. Yeah, role.
0: yeah, and you could you could say how the
1: brain is advanced doesn't necessarily mean it needed consciousness. But I'd say like all the capabilities that are there of like probably would play a role because we don't see those in animals like the.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the fact it. that like the way we turn input into output via our brains definitely. But I, I think I think maybe at this point it would be a good time to separate the easy problem from the hard problem because I think we're we're Let's
1: that would be it. beneficial here. So yeah.
0: um just broad strokes for this. The easy problem of of consciousness or mind body is you know, how does it work, essentially? Like um how like which brain states correspond to which conscious states, kind of the scientific question. Like how how can we actually uncover that? Um, easy. That's but, easy. Uh in comparison to the hard problem. It's L- not an easy problem. Understanding how
1: consciousness works is easy. Yeah,
0: just sort of all of neuroscience. Which, by the way, we
1: don't even have the definition yeah, of Yeah, I don't know if
0: you can tell, but I'm pretty sure philosophers <laughs> named this. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the hard problem is... There are some
1: easy answers, though. Like, mm-hmm. God, or... Well,
0: no, but even if, you, even if you're theistic, then there's the question of, like, quite literally, like, what is happening in the brain that, like, uh, correlates with this?
1: Well, yeah, I guess they wouldn't be yeah. that interested, because it would be, like, God's design, you know? We don't have to know how it works.
0: I mean, if if your claim is just, like, theists don't have to care about science, like, okay, if that's your brand of religion, I I think a theist can still find it interesting (laughs) to want to understand. But I wouldn't
1: really have the same gravity.
0: I don't know that that's true, actually. That's a tangent, but I feel like it's just a fun puzzle for everyone involved, and whether or not God created the puzzle or the puzzle's just there, it's still fun.
1: I guess. I feel like it... Uh, th- th- there would come to be some contradictions, but it depends on what their beliefs are. What do you mean?
0: Oh, oh, like you think you would you would become anti soul about it?
1: Something like that. Maybe but that's not dualist. that important right now. Yeah. I, I interrupted you. Somewhere. Well,
0: well, maybe we'll get to some dualist ideas um, later. But the hard problem, right? Um, hard in comparison. Maybe I should have said that <laughs> first. Um, is kind of the question of like. Why is there such a such a thing as consciousness anyway? Like I'm sort of framing that wrong. But like in the same sense of like why is there existence? Why is there anything? It's kind of that about the potential non-material component or the consciousness component. Why is the phenomenon itself there? Like it need not be. Right. Why, why, even if you just say that, oh, we have found this perfect physical rule of, you know, this configuration of neurons gives rise to this exact mental state, this exact phenomenology. Like, why should it do that? Right. We've just kind of established you don't really need it evolutionarily. You could function the same without it. Like, how does that actually, like, happen? Why?
1: So your, when, what you've been talking about with consciousness is that personal phenomenological experience part of it.
0: I think so. And we can narrow exactly which parts of the experience are consciousness potentially, but Yeah, yeah. But basically the hard question is right? why do we
1: experience on a broader scale? Yeah,
0: yeah. Not just what is the rule that maps between I mean, Cuz the only
1: s- way we experience is conscious.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just that like you can I think right? the easy problem is kind of you can understand the rule in the way you can understand any like physical rule, right? Like we can understand, that, you know, there is this rule of whatever in physics or whatever in neuroscience, it just gives rise to this, and that's how it works. The hard problem is kind of like, why would it do that? Like, where does that come from? Why?
1: That's interesting, because I, mm-hmm. well, to me, that's like, it's funny to say this on a philosophy podcast, but I think that this is a, a just a pattern of questions, of it's like when you come down to pure, pure fundamentals and, we're humans and we always want to ask more questions and there's just no answer. Like, why? I, that's why when you said it's kind of like the why do we exist question, it's like, yeah, they're kind of the same genre of question. I don't know how to describe it. It's like you're, there's some realm of human things where we can ask human questions about and get answers. And then there's like this, which is like even beyond, I don't know, maybe there's some like philosoph- philosophical, very high-level arguments to be had about that. But the real question of why is like you can say there's a reason and the reason is God or the reason is I don't know, what would like an existentialist say? Absurdity. But it's like not <laughs> just, or no, those just aren't no actually reason.
0: Yeah. I mean well, I think there are a couple possibilities here that we haven't ruled out. Or, like, let me know if you think any of these are impossible. Yeah, give me some hope. So, but uh, this
1: hard th- problem sounds pretty, <laughs> right. it's pretty dreary. I wouldn't want my kid to, like, spend their life working on that problem. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Maybe I mean, a little bit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't work sense. on it either. I think first, first possibility, and this one I don't think is very likely, but I don't think we've disproven, um, is the possibility that, like... Through some scientific effort, we come up with an even better unifying theory of everything that explains things better. And, like, yeah, that that just does kind of recursively push back the problem because then, you know, why is that unifying theory the thing? But that's interesting. Like, that's kind of what science is sometimes. Just, like, get a unifying theory that explains a few more things. Um, And maybe there's just sort of, like, one big one that explains it all, Um, including the the mind-body, including everything.
1: So, but the that would just probably make the hard problem harder.
0: Yeah, it would ju- well, It would just push it off and make it sort of, like, all one big problem. Um, there's another, like, I mean, maybe the empirical world can go beyond what we think it can. Maybe it can somehow solve this. I don't know what that would look like, but I also don't know that I can rule that out. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, I have a little hope for that, that it's like, really? well, in my life, there'll be a, something a little magical. Like, we, really? we get some, like, singularity. We get to, like... The center of the universe. So
0: I'm actually interested in that because, like, I I kind of, I kind of say that as like a, it's theoretically possible. I can't prove it wrong, but like, do you actually see that as a possibility? Like, we somehow solve this empirically. Uh. Yeah. Because I just, I can't imagine what that would look like. Because every like explanation empirically that I can think of just pushes the problem off further.
1: Well, yeah, I guess empirically, maybe not. I guess what I'm saying is like, I mean, we don't know. It could yeah, be that all the laws true. of the universe like change in a year, and then there's some like we just learn things like gods present themselves to us or something.
0: Yeah, but then why the gods, right? Like it just sort of puts off the problem. Maybe a they'd bit have more. an explanation. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, fair like, enough. Yeah. And then I think the other is like the more philosophical realm. Like maybe there is something to be done in metaphysics pertaining to this. I don't. Again, I don't really know how. But possible yeah,
1: where's I mean. like the confirmation that comes? Like once you've hit the right theory, how do you know? Because it it convinces the most people. Somehow. Uh huh. That's the goal. But you got to start somewhere. And you can't prove where you start from.
0: I mean, okay. If we're going to take this all the way to like subjectivism, sure. But like. Yeah. You know, there's maybe something. I mean, I think you're probably. Well, that's what I'm
1: saying. I wish there was an objective answer. And then we Mm -hmm. could like all find out. Like, I wish like Lutheran Christians could be like, bro, look at this. And then (laughs) like they show us their philosophy and we're like, you know what? pretty irrefutable. Maybe maybe
0: it happens. Maybe some philosopher comes out of the woodwork and just solves it all. You never know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Possible. (laughs) Anyway, but that's how I feel about the hard problems. I don't know. I also, you know, I'm in a time in my life where I felt like I didn't I've stopped liking philosophy as much, at least in academic philosophy. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm not the most like primed for the question. But do you have any? <laughs> well,
0: I think the hard problem isn't isn't necessarily where the most interesting thing lies, because I think before we get to oh, that, the honestly, easy
1: problem sounds like way more feasible. Well, way more, not feasible, I mean, no, it feasible, sounds fun. Like, there's
0: a reason we call it the easy problem. If we right? could learn like, how to there's... make
1: consciousness yes. or how it works, that's like probably really important to understanding why it is there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would help a lot.
0: Yes, I agree, and I think that's where we should focus our efforts because really, like, if something is going to come along for the hard problem, I think it makes sense for us to be, like, actually working on this problem from an empirical standpoint now. Like, maybe it'll help, maybe it won't. It's interesting in itself.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I think there's that. But I also think that, like, when talking about the hard problem, perhaps the more interesting part is the kind of, like, the question of, so, okay, I, we've, we've talked about this, but do you think that there is, like, a, a non-material component?
1: Um, I don't know. You don't know? Yeah.
0: Okay. Really? I kind of thought you'd have a strong opinion on that.
1: I haven't thought about it much. I'm not big on metaphysics in general.
0: That's but funny. my
1: position is obviously I can't know.
0: Wait, what do you mean obviously you can't know? I think plenty of people think you can know.
1: I can know something immaterial exists. Like, but in principle, I can't mm-hmm. know that anything exists.
0: Well, okay, in the in the same level of confidence that you you like claim the external world in itself. Like, I feel like I feel like you keep going back to this like excre- extreme skepticism, which like I don't disagree. I agree with skepticism, but I don't think that you can just end there and be like, oh well, nothing's worth talking about. Like, make your axiomatic assumptions about the world and then work within them. Don't just like give up.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think I'm giving up. I just don't find it particularly interesting to talk about whether or not immaterial things exist. I guess where the conversations are interesting is when you just assume they are, and then you think about, like, what would a world like that look well, like? Well,
0: I think there Then is, I can talk I think you. there totally is actually an interesting question there, because— Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, I was just—I'm more like, if you're asking me, like, does this exist, I'm always going to be like, I don't know.
0: Really? Always? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, this is—but I, I feel like— But that's obvious. You you interact with the world. You clearly are are skeptical about it, right? But I am assuming, because I'm also a skeptic, right? But I take as kind of an axiom going into my actual operational discussions of these things, like we're going to like reason about the world. Do I know that it exists? No. But I'm going to reason about it within it with the assumption or the supposition that it exists.
1: Yeah, I do the same thing.
0: So then with the supposition that the world exists, I feel like you can yeah. You know, have a, can, you, can you make a similar level supposition of something non-material? Is there an argument you find plausible?
1: Um, well, I, it's just not a particular, like, fascinating question to me, but you'd have to present something to me, and then I can give you okay. an answer. Like, one, I mean, whether an idea exists or whether concepts exist or, like, mathematical objects exist, I've ran into this a lot, but it's kind of, to me, it feels very, like, well, it doesn't matter much for doing language or thinking or doing math. So, and I, I mean, I think it matters for
0: thinking, depending on the kind of thinking you're doing. But, okay, let's, let's kind of take some yeah, of the classic. Yeah, bring me out of cynical
1: land, skeptical I don't land. know
0: if I'm going to, because <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm not, like, the most dualist person there is. But um, let's just take some of the kind of classic arguments, right? Like, um, it seems intuitive to many people that there is something deeply separate. About the physical and the mental component. Like, it, can you conceive in your mind? We, we've talked about this zombie, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the idea that there could be a version of you with all the same physical components that just doesn't experience the consciousness component. Do you think that that's something that's actually possible?
1: Do I think that's something? Not that's so
0: you think possible? it's like likely or do you think it's going right. to happen, but like, do you think that there's metaphysical possibility there?
1: Um, man. Yeah, but we keep running into this. Could we talk a little bit about metaphysical possibility?
0: So the distinction that I'm drawing when I say metaphysical possibility rather than some other, like, generic kind of possibility is that generic possibility is kind of like, do you think that could actually happen in the real world? Like, do you think that the sun's not going to rise tomorrow? Um, Metaphysical, I think, is is bringing in something that's a non-empirical component. Do you think it is possible that the sun not rise tomorrow, right? I think that's a great example. Empirically, no, it's definitely going to rise metaphysically sure there's a possibility it's not like a logical contradiction for the sun to not rise tomorrow
1: also it's uh, well i would say it is a possibility for it to not rise tomorrow too like it could be this is like a wittgenstein thing but it could be that like the laws of the universe are such that it's like their laws up until exactly tomorrow's date and then they like change the rules a little bit and the sun you know doesn't rise
0: yeah sure there is a possible world in which the sun doesn't rise
1: so is that metaphysical possibility for you
0: um, Well, okay. I I think maybe this was kind of a bad example because maybe there is like we haven't ex- established a sufficient enough empirical threshold. But like, let's let's see the like.
1: It's a problem of like induction. Of like, no matter how much we ha- evidence we have about how the world works, we'll never really. We can have like a really high likelihood for how, if we were to lay out our priors, or I'd be yeah, like, you know.
0: Things yeah. Like that. Or or like let's say it's it's it's. I mean, if you're talking about the rules of, of like, scientific understanding changing, I suppose we could group that as, as a metaphysical one. Because I, I guess the, the way we use possible every day is, like, to the constraints of of how we understand the world. Like, can you move faster than the speed of light? Yeah, so no, let's... that's impossible. But that's not a metaphysical impossibility. Yes. For the reason that you had said exactly, that, like, maybe the rules could just change tomorrow. Okay,
1: so let's say there's possibility within... Some kind of standard of rules that are generally accepted in like modern world, whatever that would look like. Although it's very hard, that would be very hard to actually, you know. Probably half of America is still like creationists, so.
0: Right, I, I think <laughs> I think most people would agree, though. Uh, I don't know that that's true, but also yeah, probably not. I think I think most people would probably agree that it's impossible for you to travel faster than the speed of light.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. So there's that kind of possibility. Then there's possibility of, like, natural laws changing or... Yeah,
0: metaphysical possibility. Just very vast
1: things of, like... And then metaphysical, I guess that's on the level no, of, No, no, like, me-
0: metaphysical, like, is, like, maybe the rules could change or okay. something like that. Like, is there a possible world in which it's non-contradictory?
1: I guess the problem with, for me with that is, like, if you come at it that metaphysics itself can be arbitrary, then it feels like just anything is possible. Like, would no, you say okay, that so, a metaphysical so possibility ag- is that, like there would be a, the same apple that exists and doesn't exist at the same time?
0: No. Like, th- that's the distinction that I'm making. So dying. you have
1: something even before metaphysics that, like, so, that so, can't be broken. Oh, my God.
0: Um, what?
1: Like a logic something.
0: Yeah, so, so when I say that, I am, like, things that are metaphysically impossible, I would say are things that are, like, logically contradictory.
1: Because there is no metaphysical possibility of a contradiction yeah okay
0: like that's that's how I'm using the term so so the possibility is,
1: I totally get that that makes a lot of sense it's, just, it's hard so there would be some kind of metaphysical laws that are fixed for you and then the other ones could be messed around with
0: like sure if you want I, I like would frame that as like logic like yeah I don't think that's necessarily stuff, illogical yes. no, no no I like I would frame the, the 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 fundamental truths as kind of brought about by logic itself sure and so kind of the categories are can it if, – if it's breaking the laws of physics, that's maybe empirically impossible but metaphysically possible. If it's breaking like logical non-contradiction, that is neither empirically possible nor metaphysically possible. Okay. All right.
1: Thank you. Sorry. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no.
0: It's good to define the terms. It's good to define the uh, terms. So where, what, what did totally you want me to ask? I forgot what got us What on was
1: this. possible? You wanted oh, me to Oh, ask,
0: zombie, um, right? Like do you think that that's a metaphysical oh, possibility?
1: Then absolutely.
0: Okay, then I feel like the argument kind of goes that you you are accounting for something that is non-physical there because if it were a pure physical thing, that would be, like, deeply impossible, right? That, like, consciousness could ever, you know, exist. I, mean, I think I'm giving this argument kind of wrong, but, like, the, <laughs> you're nodding. Um, no, but, <laughs> I, I'm,
1: I'm nodding. I was like, tell me again.
0: Mm-hmm. So the idea that, like, consciousness could exist yes. or not exist independent of the physical um feels something that like you you can't sort of rule that out it's not necessarily an argument for a dualism but it's an argument that like
1: i see where you 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 can't this, yeah.
0: necessarily maintain strong true physicalism on this
1: Yeah i that's a good point i guess maybe if i were to do that then what i would have said is oh if you ever built something that simulated me to that degree or whatever The zombie David Mm -hmm. was—it just emergent. There would be this emergent consciousness in it.
0: Yeah, I I think. I mean, I kind of agree with that, but I think that there's—but
1: there's no way for me to know. Well, there's at least a claim
0: that, like, if you if you're not certain about that, you're allowing for the possibility of something which might be a non-material form of consciousness.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a possibility. I mean, a lot of things are pretty weird about the world. It wouldn't like, it wouldn't blow my mind.
0: Yeah, I think it would blow my
1: mind if I die and I get to like some abrahamic religion heaven i would be a little bit like are you fucking kidding me like you couldn't have done a little bit more like evidence it didn't all just have to be faith you know (laughs) or some kind of soul's representation of consciousness because Mm -hmm. it it doesn't really make sense the weirdest thing for me is like the why am i in why would the consciousness be relegated to one body and why would that consciousness be why would i be in it i guess like i feel like there's something that's me that's not in my body and why would I be in my body and not be in Amelia's body or something?
0: That's, can you elaborate on that more? Because I think that might be a really interesting point. But I'm not sure I'm fully grasping it. Well, this
1: is, uh, it's just like a, one of those existential scary questions. But I, like, I wake up every day and I'm in the same body and I have this continuation of myself oh, and identity. And it's weird to me. Like, I don't understand why I was ever... I guess there's a question of, like, why do I exist? But also, like, why am I in this? Like, if I'm in a world where so many vehicles of consciousness, even, like, animals might mm-hmm. have some muted form of consciousness or mm-hmm. awareness, like, why would I be in this one?
0: Interesting. I mean, I think it seems like your question, in in my mind at least, kind of boils down to a continuity thing. Like, why why is it the same self? Is I that correct?
1: It just doesn't...
0: Well, because the I is definitionally the consciousness associated. Right. That's why yeah. the the
1: question is one of those questions that just doesn't really... Makes sense because you're asking about things that are like presupposing the things.
0: Well, I think I think what's happening is that in some ways you are separating out this abstract concept of self, which is a continuous thing. Yeah. Um, which isn't physically located because that's an like it's an abstract concept of self. And honestly, my argument is that I, I'm not so convinced that that actually like exists. Like I think it's something we think, but I'm not sure.
1: That's definitely a, a strong argument that the reason why we have this idea of self is. Convey some benefit,
0: yeah, yeah. To
1: members of a species, and it's not.
0: It's like it's it's how we happen to think. But it's not I'm, like I, we'll
1: find the self in the body, or
0: I'm not sure that we have selfhood across time. To be honest, like I think the self that I am at any given moment is is a distinct self. There's a sharing of you know a large portion of memories. There is you know limits to how much change can occur just due to the like physical limitations. Um, I suppose not true if I'm like doing brain surgery or whatever, but or undergoing brain surgery, but. Um, there are limitations to how much change can occur but I don't think it's the same self I just think it's a bunch of you know like similar snapshots
1: yeah I think that's what I would agree with mm-hmm. so I wonder what's your what's your thoughts on my like do, do you ever get that wonder of like it feels like there's a me but why would I just be in this arbitrary body and brain Does I, that make sense? I
0: don't think I get that Okay. To be honest, because
1: because I assume you get like, why do I exist too? You don't. You never get why of, do I exist. I mean,
0: why do I exist? I feel like I've like, I don't know. Sort of. Maybe it's just mentally like getting used to this answer. But I just feel like I don't get why do I exist. I get like, oh, I happen to exist. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I don't know if that's the same thing or not.
1: Yeah, I think similar.
0: I guess, yeah. I just, I, I don't mentally frame it as, like, why? Because there is no, like, answer.
1: You think there's no answer? T- to why? Yeah.
0: I, I don't think so. I mean, like, maybe there is. I'm not saying that, that there definitely
1: Well, it's just, wh- the farther you go down scientific explanations, like, at the end of the road, there's just a bigger why. Like, why big thing? Exactly.
0: Yeah. And, like, that's why I think that's sort of the same thing as the hard problem. Like, it's just, exactly. and everything is just in it. Like, you know, you get to that point of why. <laughs> Um,
1: that's how philosophy people okay, have like a I, I don't think job this is, guarantee.
0: <laughs> I mean, sure. I, I feel like that's actually more the, 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 empirical people. Cause like the why at the end of the why is always known, um, like to be a question. But I, no, I agree. I don't think the, the, the hard problem is necessarily the most important. Or interesting thing here. I, I feel like I'm a bad person to be devil's advocating, like, for your uncertainty about, like, the mind-body problem and, like, materialism because I – yeah, We have two wonder similar opinions. Like, I wonder if there's problem. someone
1: who's um super –
0: But, like, there definitely are people who think, like – I think partially from the intuitive one here, and this is, like, a, a very reduction re- – reduced form of the argument. But, like, I think a lot of people have an intuitive sense of, like, the what we experience – can't just be ex- like explained via something physical like the do you know the like um like mary in the in the room studying red or whatever thought experiment no oh it's like the one that they always use for qualia oh sorry okay. um the one that they always use for qualia like the idea being that there's i don't know sometimes she's colorblind sometimes she's in a dark cave whatever she can't see color um some scientists studying everything there is to study about like the color <laughs> red Um, and she... There's
1: always color with these things.
0: Well, I think color is, like, a decent one, honestly. But, like, the idea, like, she's studying everything there is to study, whatever, whatever. She knows all the wavelengths. She knows everything. No matter how many things she learns, there will still be something new to the actual experience of seeing red. And that experience itself, like that is qualia, that that I think a lot of people have the intuitive feeling that that is something that is, is, is non-physical because of that. Because it's not a fact about it. It's not something you can extrapolate from facts. It's something you need to experience. That experience is something deeply distinct from anything else.
1: Yeah, that... That but I think really That intuitive intuitive, is really intuitive. But, yeah, like, a it, lot of things in science are not intuitive. I
0: mean, it's, again, I, I'm not a good person to be making this yeah. argument. Like, we need to have people who disagree with us more. But I think— I mean, that, I'm
1: just saying, like, to their credit, I would not be, like, totally— again. I wouldn't think it's, like, heretical for them to be talking about these things. Well, I would be like, yeah, honestly, I mean, experience is pretty weird. It's pretty unlike anything we've, like, encountered.
0: And not just unlike, but, like, can't be explained in terms of the other. Yeah. And that is the argument, I think, for, like, qualia for something that is non-physical non-material
1: qualia yeah Um, it's non-material but like then you get into if it's non-material how does it affect material things
0: it doesn't need to affect so so it's just
1: like somehow along with my material body
0: yeah so let's talk about like different forms of, of dualism Um, Oh, boy. (laughs) Sorry.
1: I signed up for this podcast. You did sign up. You you suggested (laughs) it, actually. Um, Let's hear. God, I think phenomenology might be the worst branch of philosophy I've ever encountered.
0: Well, let's go. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm always
1: ready to challenge my assumptions.
0: Yeah. So let's think about the—first, let's establish what the material plane that we're working with is. So you have input, it is processed by the brain, and then you have output. There is some physical processing occurring. I think we can all agree on that much, right? Yep. Yeah. So that is the physical component. Now, some people are saying that's all there is. That's everything. Um, You also have people— So they'd
1: say all the experience stuff is like an illusion, something like—
0: it's, yeah, I, I think an argument that, or the way I like to phrase but it. But then what is
1: an illusion, you know? there's
0: <laughs> The way I like to phrase it when I was more firmly in this camp, like the, the materialist senses camp. Senses
1: being projected um, in your head. Is that
0: it is it is a shorthand we have for describing the actual physical occurrences. Like, it sounds like it's a different concept, but it's not actually. We are just using an intuitive shorthand for, like, the brain states, basically.
1: Brain states.
0: So when we say, like, this awareness, we really just mean a brain state. We're just using something in, like, shorthand almost to describe it.
1: And a feeling, there's no part of a feeling. That's, like, yeah, the experience of a Yeah, when we the say f- of yeah, a when feeling, we just mean the state. Okay. We're just, like... Or, like, some collections of similar states. Basically.
0: Yeah. Um, then there are also arguments, like, that there's this non-material component that is the actual, like, phenomenon itself, what you're feeling. Um... The interaction between that component and the brain, like, there are multiple different ways to view this. One, which very obviously solves your problem, is epiphenomenalism. So epiphenomenalism is the idea that, like, whatever's happening in the brain, that gives rise to this non-material, which then doesn't do, like, shit. It's just there. Um,
1: Some emergent thing somehow when there's complicated enough interactions with— material things it just sure happens yeah
0: something like that like it's just an epiphenomenon it occurs separately it has no causal power it's just there yeah so that sort of solves your problem yeah i could i could see that because there's like um
1: you could say like with society like it's not like with one person acting in a society you get like an economy or a market or something but these are things that emerge when you just have enough millions or billions of people interacting you get these complicated things that emerge that maybe aren't you can see how one person contributes, but, like, the actual causal thing might be chaotic and messy to get into.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that argument I could honestly see kind of working for a materialist perspective, too. That all there is are the agents acting, and, like, you think that there's this additional thing, but that it's not. You could also see it as an, as an epiphenomenalist argument. It kind of depends exactly how you frame it. Um I think the yeah. epiphenomenalist argument is like there is actually something else. There is something non material that is happening.
1: But the non material thing but it wouldn't emerge anything. unless there was the material complicatedness under it.
0: Oh yeah. I mean I think I think that's the part that's everything important. I'm gonna present. Like links once the you two.
1: once you just get enough neurons in there, you know, the 499 million neurons. it works. Neuron, billion, sure. How many neurons do we have? Billions, right?
0: Yeah. Billions. We're in the billions. Not in, no not in the trillions. How um, many
1: does like an insect have? I, was, I don't I didn't know about think, insects.
0: It's in, crazy in the human that brain, insects I think, have I think blood say, and nervous systems.
1: Like, these yeah. things are
0: crazy. Yeah. I don't. I have no I idea what an insect has. For, for a human, I think it's, like, over 80 billion. I'm pretty sure is where we're where we're saying that. I want to just make sure of that.
1: I'll look up some more surreal facts to yeah. entertain yeah, the audience.
0: The number that Google says is 86 six billion. billion. I've, I've heard in some of my classes that, like, could be a little more. We don't really know, but... Somewhere they, around there. Do
1: they just count that by, like, taking a little scoop of the brain and then, like, estimating how much of the brain that was and just counting a little bit?
0: So I don't know how they, how they count like, it. They I hope don't... no one's counting
1: to 80. I don't think any, much. like,
0: individual intern is sitting there going, like, okay, seventy nine billion. <laughs> but um, I don't know exactly how they calculate that. They're definitely not doing just that because, like, there's different density in different areas.
1: Really? Yeah. So if you call someone dense, it might actually be true.
0: <laughs> it might be positive. Um. Yeah, so So that's epiphenomenalism. Mm-hmm. Um. You can also have various forms. Well, that is technically like a dualist thing. But you can also have um, causal relationship going the other way, um, where you have, you know, the brain is causing consciousness. Consciousness is then causing your actions, or consciousness is causing the same things in the brain. But because it's completely 100% linked to what's occurring in the brain, there's not necessarily that, like... Depending on how – there, there are multiple ways to frame this, some of which can avoid the, like, causality problem you're talking about. Like, if there's complete bidirectional causality, the brain is causing the consciousness and the consciousness causing the brain, um, you don't actually – like, you're not actually faced with a problem there because it's it's kind of just going to occur the same way either way.
1: I don't – seems a little circular <laughs> to me
0: yeah but I mean, it's an argument unless that, there's that like does they avoid- would just say
1: at birth there's like one thing which originally caused the other, and then it makes sense then w- the way i'm visualizing visualizing it is like the brain is one gear, and the um consciousness is another gear, and so as soon as one starts turning, they'll both turn and turn each other
0: sure you can think of it like that, very like metaphorical visual learner, but yeah. I think that's not an unfair way to think of it. It's just that these two things are like linked, and that linking. I mean, yeah, I guess
1: if you're going to posit, you know, crazy stuff, you might as well <laughs> just say they both cause. <laughs> no,
0: no, okay. Yeah, bro, it, they it both does, cause it does each other. It does solve your problem, though. It does solve your problem. It's just epiphenomenalism is a one directional relationship. Yeah. This argument is a two directional relationship. Mm,
1: why not make it three, five? It's also related to like. I don't know if you understand feet.
0: directions between two things.
1: Like let's say your feet cause your consciousness, which causes your brain and your brain causes your feet and consciousness.
0: What is happening? I'm just
1: saying, you know, if they're gonna like stretch it out, you might as well. Why
0: do you think that that's such a stretch?
1: Why do you think what I said can't be true? The the foot thing, or like I don't know that I understood
0: what that was all about.
1: Like, um, why why do we think the brain has to cause consciousness? Or there has to be something involved with the brain.
0: I mean, like, you could go outside of that if you want. That is kind of a a balance of empirical evidence sort of thing. We know that we are linked to a body. We know that that's the part if you fuck with, fucks with your consciousness.
1: Right. But also if you... Right. Okay.
0: Because, like, okay... Directly. I mean, yeah. Basically, there are other areas that you can, like, like, yeah, stab your heart, you'll die. But you can, like scoop out a chunk of brain and see a personality change or a change in consciousness. You can have lesions that affect consciousness in partial ways. or I mean, pe- pe- that might be controversial, but, like, you can go into a vegetative state. You can have lesions that cause you to have agnosias, which is, like, when you're, um, have a very strong deficit in some kind of, like, recognition or understanding of something. Um, so
1: there is still kind of this scientific, philosophical, simplest explanation principle of, well, like, I- the brain seems to be the most direct.
0: I mean, I, I think the pure philosophy is it doesn't matter if it's the brain, right? It's just the, the, right. the physical to the non-physical. I think that the, when we're talking about this in a more real sense within an understanding of neuroscience as well, like, yeah, it's, it's probably the brain that's sort of the most plausible body part we have. Probably. I can cut off your feet, and I think you'll still be conscious.
1: Right, as far as you know. As far as I if know. If I ever was, anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Cool. Okay, so that, we have one cause, two cause, two directional cause, sorry.
0: Yeah, I mean there's some other stuff. I think those are like the, the 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 fun ones.
1: Which one do you like?
0: I I kind of like epiphenomenalism. I used to be more materialist on this. Um but I I have since have the feeling that I don't I don't think you can actually really know on that on these things that like whether or not there is something non-material and I'm starting to think it's more and more plausible that there is.
1: Do you have any evidence for that, or it's just a hunch?
0: Honestly, I have like a really long thing that I've been thinking about that we're not going to have time to talk about on this one. We can do later, though.
1: Okay, a little uh, teaser.
0: Yeah, yeah, exciting. We'll do like a materialism episode, maybe. Um,
1: Gotcha. But is there? I'd be really curious to know what form that evidence could take. Well, okay, I gave gave my
0: little teaser, but like I don't think it's like proof. I'm not. I'm not claiming to like prove that. But still, it's always interesting to me
1: when people change their beliefs. Like what what can do that? What doesn't affect people?
0: What can do what?
1: What what makes people change their beliefs? Oh Especially yeah. Like big things yeah, like we can that.
0: talk about it. I mean, I, I like I've
1: talked to a lot of people who are religious in high school and now aren't or were not religious in high school and now are, things well, like, like that. Well, like changes
0: of, of of environment are really big because yeah. your beliefs are kind of defined by those that you consider to be your community. I know uh,
1: a lot of people at UChicago Chicago specifically are like, "Oh, I read um Saint Augustine or something or I read. <laughs> really? I read That's, that's a big one
0: you hear. Do you hear Saint Augustine as a cause? I've met region? one person, yeah. Really?
1: Saint Augustine is the
0: To become theistic or
1: Yes, he became wow. more of Hold
0: on. I mean I'm for Everyone has their own opinions. I did not find Saint Augustine that like. He's
1: he's like the one who's Aristotle but Christian, right? Wait, is this that's the right? Saint generous. Augustine. I... <laughs> Is it not Saint Augustine? Wait, what is this guy's name?
0: There is a Saint Augustine. He Philosoph- wrote like Confessions and stuff. Yes. Yeah, that's Saint Augustine.
1: Yeah. Okay. 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 I didn't want to like not give this guy the credit he deserves.
0: <sighs> that's that's wild to me that he he really convinced someone to become theistic. St.
1: Augustine, does this guy have the famous arguments for God? Like, he has, like, those very simplistic... You might be
0: thinking of Aquinas, potentially. I think
1: this guy might have been doing... He might have been Aquinas. I think my mom really likes St.
0: Augustine. Really? Your mom likes St. Augustine? Yeah, she likes his confessions. I'm I'm not a big St. Augustine fan.
1: Uh, I've never read it, so... Maybe I have to. No? No,
0: you don't. I mean, do what you like.
1: Wait, so did Aquinas have the arguments for God? Aquinas had some
0: famous arguments for God.
1: Let me read one of these, because I remember arguing with this guy. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay, it definitely was Aquinas.
0: Okay, okay, Aquinas, then. The
1: argument from motion. Our senses can perceive motion by seeing that things act on one another. Whatever moves is moved by something else. Consequently, there must be a first mover that creates this change. Yeah,
0: yeah, first cause argument of God. Yeah. Yeah, it's a popular one. I don't know how we got on this topic, but... Oh,
1: anyway, yeah. Yeah, I mean... You
0: you should keep that if you quote from it. We can, like, post that. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah. Um... That was yeah. an interesting tangent.
1: Yeah, I Whoa, mean, I, I were think we're, we're getting close to the episode time, but I'm not sure if there's more you wanted to touch on with easy problem, hard problem, that well, you had you'd, that you'd, paper. Well, you you asked my were...
0: preferences a little bit um, about these, these very – I mean, there's we could talk about this forever, but – okay, I could talk about this forever. Well, you, you look very upset at that concept. We but,
1: physically – well, but I guess we don't know. We'll probably die at some point, though.
0: Thank you. Um, I do kind of like epiphenomenalism as a potential argument that, like, it just so happens that when matter is arranged this way that, you know, the result is the phenomenon. The phenomenon is a valid thing which exists but has no causal power. It's an epiphenomenon. I kind of like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, that makes intuitive sense to me. I wonder... Yeah, I, I wish well, there was, like, we could have some really strong materialist or really strong...
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I want to press more, because I, I think I'm playing, like, devil's advocate on a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said, like, you think the qualia thing is intuitive, but you, you seem to, like, not find that sufficient to convince you. No. But I think for many people, it's like, you, you observe something, why not it assume it exists? Why not, like, you? I mean, obviously you're a skeptic, you're, you're just assuming that could- the world exists, but why not put qualia on that same pedestal? It seems like you have just as much reason, potentially.
1: I'd say the whole arc of science and almost modernity has been the decentralization of human intuition and experience. But I
0: think the direction you're going in is, is opposite because if you're a skeptic, right, you don't know the external world exists, but you have your thoughts, and, like, that comes first in a way. You first have your thoughts, which is something potentially non-material, or at least you don't know to be material. You have the phenomenon before you have the external world, and you're making inferences about the external world based on the phenomenon, it makes more sense to first assume the validity of the phenomenon and then choose to assume the validity of the external world and with it science
1: um let me address that after but what what i'm saying first is like i'm looking at historical historically like humans thought we were the center of the universe but then we weren't or we thought that the earth uh the sun ran around the earth but it turns out it doesn't or we thought that Uh, Aristotle thought that intuitively the reason things move is because they have moving inside them. Yeah,
0: I'm not asking in general why don't you make all of your assumptions based on intuition. I'm asking for this in particular because it comes first and because you are only assuming the external world because of intuition. I guess the way
1: I I don't think about the world, like it comes first.
0: So, but, okay.
1: Or maybe it's just some unspoken assumption that I don't think about that much.
0: You've said you're a skeptic, right? Like you don't believe that the external world is necessarily there. You're just kind of making that supposition, right? Yeah. So so what do you think you know?
1: Um well pretty much close to nothing.
0: <laughs> but okay, like do you do you agree with like the cogito argument, like I think therefore I am? Uh no. Okay. Why not?
1: Cuz I don't know if I think.
0: It doesn't matter if uh, okay, <laughs> I think I don't like that framing. Do you think like there are thoughts?
1: Um I don't know.
0: How do you not know? Like, the act of not knowing is a thought. You have, like, there is something occurring. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. This. It's confusing to me, too.
0: Well, but I, I'm trying to push you to actually be, like, consistent on this. I can't speak for you. I can say this in, in the first person. I'm, when there I'm saying I don't
1: know, I am, like, a physical thing that's producing something. The I'm not talking about know. anything
0: physical. Like, this, this is just prior to all of that. I'm going to say we've, we've assumed logic because I think we sort of need to. Um... And I can't speak for you, so I'm going to say this in the first person. There are perceptions happening. I don't know if it's fair to say right now. I don't know if it's fair to say external world. I don't know if it's fair to say I. But there are perceptions. There are thoughts. Okay. Can you say that about yourself?
1: I could see myself making that claim. But I could also yeah.
0: see so that not being true. <laughs> what do you, how, how do you see that not being true?
1: Like I could see it as an illusion
0: well even if it's an illusion, illusion is something. Like there is something.
1: Yeah, okay. I'll get to, I'll get on you uh, I'll get with you on there is something.
0: There is something. Okay. You have a something, <laughs> right? That's your first it's thing. It's just I
1: have trouble with this because the skeptic yeah. Okay, no. and this moment. Yeah, okay. I yeah. think then I might be on board with also that there's thoughts and also that at least for me, like uh, I okay, think I can yeah, get yeah. I can get on board with you yeah. at least for this podcast and okay? that,
0: and th- we'll, we'll we'll talk further. Um, but that is that something okay. you do not know to be material. That is a different leap. You don't necessarily know it to be non-material e- either, but you know it's it's a something, and that's the first something you know. That's something that is experience. Mm-hmm and that does not necessarily like the, the the assumption that there might be something physical that that might be physical that there is physicality in addition or separate to it that there's a brain all that is is further removed from what you can know as this foundational truth okay. there is something sure and that something is is experience um you know experience before you know the physical world okay which seems to say, say like that part is, being more foundational is like it, it it seems almost more foundational that you should assume the validity of the phenomenon, the validity of the internal experience, before you assume anything physical, before you assume anything about, like, the scientific domain.
1: Um, I guess I'm just not seeing why it would necessarily need to be not physical.
0: I mean, I, I think that's a fair point. I don't know that we know that it necessarily needs to not be physical, but I think the assumption of, of dealing with something that is... like. I think that kind of is what we call qualia, like that that experiential. Yep. Um, And the idea that that must be a physical thing or like could be a physical thing, like I, I think you're right. That is a possibility. But it seems an additional leap, whereas the knowledge that it just exists in some nebulous form without physical definition seems prior to it.
1: I guess the fact that you're adding on without physical definition is the the issue there.
0: Well, I mean, we haven't defined it yet. Like, I think think you're right. I think this is kind of the flaw in this argument that, like, yeah... It could just be that that this is a physical, like a purely like.
1: And we just don't know until you get to like some giga level of knowledge. And then you'll like finally get the self reflection. Devil's
0: advocate, devil's advocate though. Because
1: like like, there's a lot of really intuitive senses and stuff we get about the world that we later got better explanations for. Yeah, okay. Let me
0: continue devil's advocate this. Okay. Because you're Um, more
1: closer to where I am in reality. Yes. Where it's like. Let me continue
0: to make the argument for for interest sake. Okay.
1: and then we should start to wrap up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I think this is a good ending point. This is a fun one. Um so yeah, so the, the kind of furthering of this argument. Um the fact that you can conceive of it as something which is like potentially purely experiential and that you have knowledge of at least that much um The concept being separate potentially lends some some argument to, like... Actually, I, I don't really know if this holds. I We agree too much. Um, <laughs> this is a problem on this. Um, I think
1: our problem is, like, well, we do have things we're very certain about, but the skepticism is also, like, just because we're skeptical about it and just because we have this strong... Or I don't know how strong it is. We have the starting point of, like, we'll say there exists thousands th- just, of... Just, just because we have that, and then later on we reach, like, scientific conclusions, that doesn't mean at first that there wouldn't be some material scientific...
0: Yeah, it doesn't mean that there's no material yeah. scientific explanation, but I think it, it, it does at least rule out the possibility of, like that being an assumption which invalidates the, the potential qualia. Because the argument that you were making, like, I do truly believe that that is going backwards. You're saying, oh, this empirical whatever, look at the scientific precedents, look at how we understand science, that means we shouldn't take this seriously. And I do think that that is the wrong direction. Like, first we have there is something, there are thoughts, there are experiences. Then from there we may make further assumptions pertaining to the external world and reality and then science there. But, like, you can't, you can't use the science to invalidate the first principles.
1: Well, or or that, arguments
0: from the first principles. I think you know, that, I that we say. have. I, I don't think that's possible.
1: Like, we like, have I, a lot like, of thoughts about the world that turn out to be wrong that were very intuitive.
0: No, but this isn't just intuitive, this is proven. Or I would argue this is like a first principles argument. Like, I don't think you're ever going to be able to science your way to a point where you're like, well, there is nothing. There are no thoughts. Like, that I don't right. think you can do. I agree. And, and that's what I mean. Like, the experience. You cannot science your way into saying the experience is invalid.
1: Um. Yeah, definitely. If you start, and so, and if you I, I start think, from for believing, many people it's that true. Is,
0: I think for many people, that is the explanation. Like we have, from first principles, reasoned that there there are experiences. Yep. There is, like, I I think we could fairly call that like a qualia thing. You are never going to be able to achieve via science a claim that that doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, I feel like wouldn't most people agree with that?
0: I don't. I mean, it seemed to me like your argument was going that direction. That, oh, the experience is less certain than the physical. Maybe I was mischaracterizing your argument. I don't
1: know. No, maybe I was going there. I don't. I think what I was trying to say is that um, the trouble with first principles and intuitions is a lot of, first off, they've changed. They've changed throughout history. So although it might feel to us like they're fixed and eternal and very true to us, like in terms of humans throughout, and I know you're, this might feel backwards to you because we're doing philosophy but I'm talking about history and science and things like that but what I'm saying is I don't want to be in a situation where I trust my I blindly trust an intuition or principle of mine and then it turns out to like not correspond with the world like, so maybe then so, I would say so, that the world exists and has some objective truth and yeah. we're just finding it out and something. And then that...
0: Okay, like, but whoa, whoa, whoa. But then that yeah. claim itself, where the fuck that come from? Well, then I don't sound like from? a skeptic, yeah. Where the fuck does that claim come from? Right, I don't know. That's an intuition if there ever was one. I also think, like, t- two things on this. One, there are some things that have been constant. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the human kind of... Um, logic and I don't mean this as like everyone's always been perfect at logic or everyone always overtly it seems to be a that, very human like,
1: innate thing the, that's like the persisted. idea that like
0: non-contradiction must be a principle The like these things I think are very constant They're, like causality too like obviously there are philosophers who have doubted causality but the human intuition for causality like that has been deeply constant like there are a lot of things that, that have been very constant um in our understanding of of, of first principles for dealing with the world whether that's first principles metaphysically or first principles just like yeah as you know, axioms for science,
1: I guess. And then what would what would the devil's advocate on on my side say? They'd say that the are, are you being the devil's the, well, advocate know. here? Like I don't what, know. I'm not. Again, I don't. Okay. This isn't a particularly important field of questions for me, so I, I think, don't. think I about think it that it's much. interesting. I said for me.
0: Okay. Well, so, then you're allowed to say whatever you want about it.
1: Correct. Okay. Uh, that brain, uh, that like our brains are wired to always look for reason and causality and logic. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. We work within that. (laughs) So then it might not be that
1: the world actually has any of these things.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not saying that they're, like, external. Okay. The idea that they're external is itself an intuitive claim that you're just making. Like, I just think that the argument that, like, oh... These things are super changeable. Like, no, we're sort of working. Also, frankly, it doesn't matter what's happened in history, right? Like, you're working from your own first principles as best you can. Like, if you go to a full state of doubt, like, what, what can you get from there? Kind of like Descartes, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that, I think, it, it kind of doesn't matter what the precedent is. It doesn't matter what whatever. Like, try to erase everything that you are assuming. And, and how do you get from the beginning to here? How do you build up your understanding of, of the basic foundations of truth, or maybe it's not even truth, just basic foundations of how you view the world?
1: Yeah, this is not something I spend a lot of time on, but oh, if I were to give period. you yeah, if I were to give you <laughs> like a 30 second thing, it'd be like that, yeah, I mean, I think i do I don't believe in an objective truth or state of I think there is a world. I don't think that there's necessarily. An objective truth, but I do think that there are some statements that are more true With than the, other statements. What do you mean?
0: Then that there is a world. Is that? And what do you? In what context do you mean that claim? If you've said there is no truth,
1: I guess like whatever the world that when two people go out into the world, they're experiencing the same fundamental things.
0: So that sounds like objective truth to me.
1: Yeah, maybe it is objective truth. The trouble <laughs> is just that the only, way, that we can, maybe the only way we can the only way we can think describe it is with languages that are within cultures like that's kind of my what I'm thinking of when I'm saying there isn't an objective truth is like no one uh as far as I'm aware there's no like human invention or procedure that we could actually get to it
0: Hmm.
1: but I think there probably
0: okay I have like so much to say on this and we are like out of time yeah we should definitely do something on like truth and objectivity yeah because
1: I I think it's clear I'm not well thought through on this I'm pretty I'm usually much more oriented to like political or well, I think it's
0: interesting because you're, you're, you're like denying objective truth but simultaneously claiming some form of objective truth yeah I, I think, think that's there's kind a lot of a to unpack contradiction there.
1: of being a human is you live in a world and <gasps> no, you, you, exist, okay, you can't just but like, you're also ultimately you skeptical you can't
0: just contradict yourself and be like oh I'm human like
1: well I'm not for pr- trying to present like a, a paper here no, no, I'm no, trying that's to tell fair, you how that's I feel I
0: think we should talk about this further then because it sounds like there is I think we should a too. lot of fertile ground there um
1: that, sounded uh, okay.
0: thing people say. Well, I'm not like making that <laughs> thank,
1: up. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> yeah. And we'll um, leave it on a exciting note.
0: Yeah, we know nothing. Uh all that. So. it's fun. So thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, and we will see you next time.